Hello and welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers, your statistics and sports podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Tracy. And I'm Corwin Heller. And uh, welcome to the Thursday episode. It is uh, Thursday, December 16th, as you listen to this, December 15th, as we're recording at about 6 o'clock here on the East Coast. And man, there is just not a ton going down in the world of sports. Um, well, really, I just say that because I'm so hyper-focused on baseball and it's so weird when there's nothing going on. I think we're very used to the offseason being quieter than the regular season because obviously people aren't hitting cool home runs and you can go, hey, it's a cool home run. Um, but man, it is uh, radio silence. It, it's, it's a blessing and a curse in a lot of ways as I'm forced to actually focus on other things. But man, I wish I could be spending time focusing on baseball. That's a shame. Anywho. I wish I could be spending my time focusing on the beach in front of me down in the Caribbean, not having to go to work every day. But hey. Why okay. do we have to go to work every day? Wouldn't life be so much better if we didn't? Oh, those lazy communists, they knew exactly what we needed. I knew it was up, man. Can't even lie. They knew what was up. But uh, let's start with with a topic. I, I, I guess the one we might end up having the least to say. Who knows? But a topic we don't talk about very often. Basketball. And that's because there was some major news in the world of, of B-ball, of hoops. I'm trying to think of other white ways to say basketball. Ah, those I feel like the two best ones. Blow over this entire segment. Uh, uh, buckets. I don't know. Anyway, Steph Curry, shooty, shooty hoops. Um, Steph Curry broke the all time three pointers record. Uh, the the last night as we're recording this against the Knicks on December 14th, as I'm like doubting myself as I'm saying it, I watched the fucking game and he, he did so in a comically small amount of games in comparison to his opponent. Um, as we've all come to know, Steph Curry over the last decade plus, he is a prolific three point shooter and it shows up in the difference between him and the man he just passed Ray Allen, uh, his number of three pointers, Ray Allen lifetime, three pointers, 2,973 three pointers in 1300 games on the money, 1300, not just rounding Steph Curry. Nice when that yeah. Right. It's a beautiful thing. Steph Curry, 2,977 three-pointers so far in 789 games, which is 511 fewer games than Ray Allen. And man, is and it's wild for a couple of reasons, because the first one was when I heard he was about to break the all-time three-point record as someone who obviously doesn't follow basketball nearly as closely as my other sports. I didn't realize Steph Curry had been playing basketball for for 12 years. Like that does that number does not sound right for how long Steph Curry has been playing for in my mind. And the thing is, he's such a prolific shooter. I was still willing to accept it. Like my 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 doubt of it wasn't. Oh, there's no way he's already at almost 3,000 three pointers. My, the real shock for me was that he was playing for 12. I was like, no way, it's been 12 fucking years. No way, <laughs> eight tops. Tops, yeah, well, no, it's it been 12 years. Like 25. Eh, I guess it's he does look and show his age a little bit more now, but he's always looked so young 
Yeah. I guess that's a weird thing to be like, oh, you know, it's we're talking about him breaking the all-time three-point scoring record, and then our first topic of discussion is like, well, he he doesn't look that old. I mean, he's I mean, Ray Allen retired when after playing a significant length NBA career. God, these sentences are just piss poor. But Steph Curry still has five, six, seven years left in the game. He's going to demolish this record. Easy. Because you got to think, Ray Allen, Ray Allen broke the record before his career ended. I'll put, put it there. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and tally up the three-pointers to see what year he broke it in. But Ray Allen retired, I'll put it this way, at 38. Steph Curry is 33. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if he only plays, only plays for another five more seasons, we're talking a stupid number of three-pointers that he's going to retire with. Because let's see, his, um, his career average three-pointers per season. Oh, it doesn't give it to me. That's whack. Hold on. Uh, total divided by how many years he's been in. Yeah, I know. I was hoping basketball reference would just show it to me because I didn't have my calculator up because I wasn't prepared to have to calculate it myself. You basketball. dumb bitch. 2977 divided by 789. Um, oh, that's per games. I mean, per season. He's played 12 seasons. There we go. That's 248 per season, which really is on the low side because he has a couple um, short seasons in here, like in 2019 to 2020 when he was, I guess, hurt. I don't really recall, but he only had 12 three-pointers that season. You know, so even that's a low estimate, which, oh, hey, man. maybe that's fair because he's he's aging, right, as he gets into these later seasons. So if he only plays what, five I've more seasons. I've never shot 12 you never shot 12-1. I've never shot 12 threes in a season, but it, it wasn't worth pausing and going back to. It was not a good joke. You have shot that. 12 on one hole in golf, though. We know that to be a fact. That's uh, right. It's all an insult to your golf game. This whole show. Personal. It's a personal attack. It, it, it was. That was certainly ad hominem. Um, so anyway, that would bring his his career total if he plays the age 38 to 4,217 total three pointers. It's, it's 1,240 estimated for the rest of, for five more years, plus the 2977 he already has. That's 4,217 three pointers, which would be essentially uh, double the amount that Paul Pierce retired with uh, a little bit under double what Paul Pierce retired with, who is currently ninth all time for three pointers on the career leaderboard. That's just, that's just disgusting. Mm, It just seems wrong. Like there's a pretty decent, right? Because that's how good Steph Curry is. But like, that's just ridiculous. That seems like it's incorrect. I, yeah, I, it's, it doesn't make any fucking sense. And you know, like James Harden could reasonably move into third place this season. He he probably will, assuming he comes back from um, health and safety protocols in a timely fashion. He's got twenty five oh nine. He's looking to pass Reggie Miller in third at twenty five sixty. So he needs fifty one three pointers, and there's about half a season of game left. So he could totally do it. Does anyone fucking care? 
in the wake of this? Like, does it, does it even matter? No, because Steph's record isn't going to be like Ray Allen's record was said to be untouchable. I mean, if Steph Curry plays for five more seasons, his records can be truly untouchable. I mean, it's not like there's a young guy who's scoring at a, a similar rate and it's like, if only he can stay healthy, if only he could stay at this level, if only he'd last long enough in his career, you know, he has a chance. It's like, no, there's no one close to ever, like, who's ever done anything close to what Steph Curry has done. And, you know, it's it's an interesting conversation about the way that games change over time. Because, you know, you, you look back at, like, uh, a, a player like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who, you know, set the mm-hmm. points record when he was at, by the end of his career. And he did that without the three-point line. Like, that hadn't been invented yet. It hadn't been added to the game yet, the three-point line. And so then they add in the three-point line. People didn't know how to count up to three at that point. No, no, it was a cardinal sin. Even even numbers only in my good my good game of basketball. Um. I guess, except for, for for free throws, but whatever, fuck me. And, you know, they add in the three-point line, and then all of a sudden it's people are capable capable of passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's uh, points total record because there's there's extra points. And so you can say, ah, well, look at those. Look at all those extra points. And the game changes because now you target three-pointers a little bit more, but they're lower percentage shots. So you don't go to that exclusively. You have to make your layups. You know, you, you have to take the easy points when you can get. Oh, I'm sorry. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar still has the points record. I didn't realize he still had the points record. I'm I'm full of shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. He still has the points record? Holy fuck. Yeah, he's like really good. Oh, I knew he was good. I didn't realize he, he played, still had it. He just kind of played in that era where, like, he could touch the ball every possession and score every possession. And, I mean, like, he scored 100 points in a game. Like, he... Kareem, I thought it was scored... Will. Oh, yeah, no, I'm going to totally ask backwards. Kareem just played for like 30 years. He played 20 seasons. God damn. Like 30 years. There you go. God damn, Kareem. I, I, wow, this is damn. disgusting. Like, this is absolutely disgusting. What's more surprising that Kareem still has the points record after they invented the three point shot 30, almost 40 years later? Or that he only led the league in points um, five, six, five times. Okay, no, that's that's pretty wild. In twenty-eight seasons, only six times, and he's no, the twenty leader. Two zero. What I said? You said twenty-eight. Oh, I'm still on twenty-eight. Um, Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm giving up. I'm not going to try and make sense of anything because I can barely make sense of myself. Man, this is just this is just disgusting. This is. Yeah, he only led the. Sorry. Oh, he led in in, in field goals five times. He only led in points three times. Oh my god, Kareem, oh, of course, you yeah. animal, you fucking animal. I love it. Wow. Anyway, it you know you you see you look at a lot of the guys below Kareem. <laughs> Uh, I, I guess, and all the guys you know that are still in the top ten outside of Kareem, which I can't believe I keep having to give this caveat. That's so fucking wild to me. We're all three point line shooters, you know, and Steph kind of embodies how you know rule changes affect decision making 
and affect risk reward balance when you can start actually training for them. You know, when we started to see in the NFL pass rules, be more generous towards passers and wide receivers, you know, you know, like defensive pass interference, and then a lot of roughing the passer penalties and what we quantify holding as uh, when we quantify uh, contact to be illegal beyond a certain yard distance from the line of scrimmage, all that type of stuff. Well, those effects on how they change the passing game were not necessarily immediate. It reflected how people trained and practiced for the passing attack of their football team and led to changes down the line that resulted in huge offenses. Obviously there were immediate changes too. And that's why, you know, if you look at the three point leaders board, obviously, first off, obviously it's all guys who, you know, played with the three point line. That's the obvious one. I, I want to make sure I don't say that because man, I'm, I'm, I'm big stupid over here, but a lot of these guys are people who played, I mean, pretty, pretty recently, you know, like of the top 11 dudes, four of them are active. Steph Curry, James Harden, Damian Lillard, and LeBron James. Those are active players in the top in the top eleven, and it's the same thing kind of here. Like we're seeing a guy that is capitalizing so much on being able to make the deep ball. I guess it's not called the deep ball threat in in NBA. I don't know really what it's, what it's called the 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 deep three threat. Deep, the fucking forty uh, foot like shot. Deep threat is still deep threat is still applicable it's it's just it's so cool to see it because you know it's very rare you get to see a game change so dramatically with a face to it and be able to witness it in your lifetime like we've seen Mm -hmm. the shift become a bigger thing in the past decade but there's no face to the shift you know there's no singular face of you know um, was it Moneyball? I mean, yes, Billy Bean is the guy. I guess Brad Pitt is the face of Moneyball because yeah. he's literally the face of Moneyball. But like, there isn't any singular football player who's the face of the passing attack. You know, like, oh, we accredit it to a handful of quarterbacks. You know, the Joe Montana's, the Dan Marinos, John Elways, you know, whoever. But there's no like, oh, he changed the game. He singularly changed the game. I guess right. hockey, you can kind of say that with Gretzky, but Gretzky was also a otherworldly player that has never, until now, really even come close to comparison. And even then, it, it's it's tough because, like, you know, you have Ovechkin, who we could call if we were to have a whole era adjustment argument, which if you listen to this podcast, you know, we hate doing, but if we were, you could, you, there are era adjustment arguments for Ovechkin being the better pure shooter. Right. But even that doesn't encapsulate it because what, what Ovi does isn't necessarily anything different. He's just so good at a part of the game that already exists. Mm -hmm. And it's so rare to see players that go beyond that. You know, like Babe Ruth starting to hit a fuck ton of home runs. Like that was a Mm -hmm. massive change to the way that the game is played. The home run always existed. Not always, but the home run existed for several years before Babe Ruth started doing anything with it. You know what I mean? And even Babe Ruth, like in the first season, uh, I think that I think the early like late 1800s, early 1900s, a lot of them were infield or um. Uh, not over the fence, uh, in the park home runs. 
little league home runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause they didn't have, they didn't necessarily have fences for like, cause you got to think baseball started in like literal fields. So there was no over the yeah. fence because there was no fence. Um, but eventually there, there was. Little league, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Um, it was just, boy, look at how much he sucks at, at baseball home runs. The boy, he sucks at ball home runs. Boy, he sucks. I just imagine like how far people hit baseballs back then. If you just bring one of those players into the you know, Yankee Stadium now. Or I want an even better hitter's ballpark, uh, like Coors Field, and just like, hey, hit a couple balls. It's just like, yeah, I smashed it. I killed it. What a, it's such a good job, just like tossing him up some batting practice balls, really get him to, to smash him deep into, you know, low center field. And then just having like John Carlos Stan and Aaron Judge and, and Vladdy and Otani come out for batting practice and just. Send him farther than he even knows exists because we haven't even discovered the rest of the world by then. Yeah, I think and I think if you brought people from those eras into Colorado, their first question would be, "What is Colorado?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just imagine um, having them like do batting practice and then just face like Aroldis Chapman's fastball. Oh, they 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 die. They die of a heart attack at thirty because they also smoked like 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 nobody's fucking business. But anyway, point being, to loop it back. Ah, uh, the good old days. Um. Okay. Go ahead. Like the three point shot obviously predates Steph Curry, but it it and, it, and it, it's a fine point I'm I'm trying to make over just the the sheer efficiency angle of it. But but to make that be the threat of the entire court is my, is within my capabilities within my range. I, I mean, mm-hmm. that's going to affect the way people, people practice. And it, it's not they just, can you hit a shot from 40 feet out or can you hit a shot from 30 feet out? Even I should, I should say 40 feet is fucking huge. 30 feet out. Like, it, it's not just a thing that you you work on, test your range, work on your efficiency, you know, build some build some confidence, see how far you can throw it away. Like that now is going to become a strategy, a real strategy. That's going to be have to become an area that you have to defend that you probably weren't used to defending because the the you know the way that you play the game was you don't have to worry so much. You go you'll give room because you don't want to give up a, a passing lane. And now it's not about that. Now it's like fuck, I have to actually cover that guy maybe a little bit more tight than I would otherwise because they could start taking shots from that fucking deep. Like it truly changes the way that the game is played. And mm-hmm. to see it from a dude like so fucking young is just wild. You know what I mean? Like this is not Henry Aaron breaking the home run record when he was like in his late thirties, you know? Right. He's just leaving the prime of his career. He has such a long time to play the game of basketball. Yeah, like I'm, I'm looking now, and it looks like Henry Aaron broke the home run record in, I believe, anyway, it was 1973. I'm, I'm doing some very lazy backwards math here, but it looks like 1973. He was 39. 39. Curry is 33. Like, I That's guess it. That they're different sports, but. That's what I'm saying. Like Ray Allen breaking the threes record at 38. 38, You go, yeah, 
we, we expect some of these compiler records, like these, these counting stat records to take time to break because you have to play a long time to do it because playing sports is hard. And Curry's just like, nope. Got him. Uh, not for me. Hard for you losers, but <laughs> not this guy. Where do you think Curry is on the points leaderboard? Points leaderboard? Um, I mean, he's got to be top 10. I'll say top 10. I don't want to. I'll say top 10. For points all time? Yeah. 64th. Way. Yeah, I, I scrolled down like a lot farther than I had to. Astronomically that long, but I, I don't know. I thought the math would work out with it being worth fifty percent more per point or per shot. Uh, I I, I, I was thinking the same thing, but no, he is sixty fourth with nineteen thousand one hundred fifty nine behind active players: Dwight Howard, uh, Lamarcus Aldridge, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Kevin Durant. He was only 29th. I would have also pegged him for being higher than that. Um, Carmelo Anthony at 11, and then the current active leader, LeBron James, in third. LeBron James. You know, there's probably some basketball fans listening that are just like, you fucking thought Curry was top 10? Are you serious? But, like, what? He just he just set this record for the most threes. Like, it's worth 50% more. That's a huge deal. But math, math is hard. Math is hard. But at the same time, I would assume then that his threes must come at the expense of a handful of twos, right? I guess. Because, like, if you know that you're uh, just a ludicrous deep ball threat, which, again, maybe isn't the right term. I don't fucking know. Um like the, the the advantage for your team might be taking the threes to spread out the defense and then not having to worry about it as much. I mean, he still drives the ball exceptionally well. Like he's still yeah, it's not the only like thing he does. All time point guard. Like he can pass, he could drive, like he can do it all. It just so happens the comparative advantage is hey, we want Steph Curry to shoot any three he possibly can. I don't know. I again, I, I just don't know basketball well enough. Yo, like, so this is actually kind of wild. So, Steph Curry, all-time leader in three-pointers made. Do you know where he would rank in two-pointers made in his career? I couldn't even guess. Um, Top two fifty. Like, are you asking me to guess like an over/under, or are you telling me he's somewhere in the top two fifty? I'm asking you if over over under if you think he's in the top 250 because that's that's just as far down as um, basketball reference goes. So I was curious. I understand the way you ask these questions. He most likely isn't, but I absolutely would assume he's in the top 250 somewhere just because he has the ball in his hands so much. Right, like like Giannis is in the top 250, whose career no. is not as long. <laughs> Yeah, but granted, Giannis only shoots twos. Right, but also, you know, with three fewer seasons played, like... I just... You have to think back, like, when guys could only shoot twos, 
if you had a guy that played for 10 years, that's 10 years of only two. That's a, that's a good point. Like Wilt Chamberlain only ever shot two pointers. He is third on this list. Sort of hundred points. Yeah. Well, that makes a whole lot of sense. Um, yeah, I would say he's outside of it then based off of that last line of reasoning. Yeah, it's kind of hilarious. Like, this is just such a wacky top four. Um, yeah, because it's uh, number one is, is it's still it's still Kareem. Like, I don't know who you thought it would be. It's it's still Kareem. Been Kareem the whole time. Kareem, Kareem did not drain threes. Uh, it then it was Carl Malone, who did play a portion mm. of his career with the three pointer. It looks like. But he retired with one three-point shot made um, because it, like, just started existing at, uh, at, like, the midway point in his career. So, again, almost all two-pointers. Will Chamberlain, all two-pointers. Julius Irvin, who retired with um, 134 three-pointers made. Um, and there was three seasons where he didn't have any or they didn't track him. I don't know. It was just a weird three-year gap here. Um, but he never he never had more than thirty five in a season, uh, and then and then it's and then number five is Michael Jordan. So it's a, it's a it's an interesting top five, but uh, yeah. So Steph Curry not anywhere near the top of the uh, not even not really not near the top two fifty, because number two fifty is actually Giannis Antetokounmpo with forty three hundred forty three two pointers, and Steph Curry's career two pointers so far is 3,600, which means he is 700 two-point shots away from even cracking the top 250, which just feels wild from a player that is the all-time leader in three points. Like, Ray Allen is on this list for two-pointers at 136. 136th, I should say. So, again, he's got five more seasons than Curry, but but still, it, it's like it's weird. And that, I guess that, that hits on the point that I, I was making earlier. You know, like it's not just raw efficiency. Like he's literally strategizing the way he plays the game differently than players before him did. Like his methodology and his approach is completely different from those before him, which leads to this drastically lower raw quantity of two point shots because he's not trying. He's not bothering to take them because he's so good at three-point shots. Mm -hmm. But it's just so wild to see the disparity with, like, your own eyes, you know? Ethan and I used to sit around our apartment and and play 2K because he's a big basketball fan. I'm a big video game fan. It was a nice compromise. And we would have days and rounds where we would just say, hey, no Steph Curry. It breaks the game. It's not fun. We can't do it. Can't do it. No Steph. Yeah, the the dudes the dudes a video game character in in real life. It's fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's so it's, so it's so interesting, and I I promise we'll get off this topic soon. Um, it's just so interesting that like you know he he leads he has led the NBA in three point shots seven times in his career so far, including this season. Uh, but because he takes so many fewer two point shots, at least that's what I'm reading off of this um 
he's only led the NBA in points once, and it was last season. That's it. Really? Yeah. Last season was the only time he ever led the NBA in points. I did not know that. Neither did I. I, if you had asked me, I would have assumed that he led the NBA in points almost every year of his career. Three, four times, yeah. Like, why not? So, and, but anyway, it, it's a colossal achievement, especially for a dude so young. It's going to be wild to see where this number wraps up. Um, because, again, we, like Corbin and I were just saying, you don't see this out of young dudes. Like, when Henry Aaron broke the record, he broke the record played a couple more seasons and then retired with only 40 some odd home runs more than Babe Ruth. And then when Barry Bonds broke his record, he only broke it by seven home runs. He broke it in his last season playing baseball. Like that, that was it. Then he retired. Well, then he was forced out of the game, but you know, and that's not going to be the case here. Like, like Curry is going to run up the score. And whenever he retires, that record will be looked upon with, I mean, a lot of reverence for what he was able to accomplish. It'll be super wild to see if that record ever gets approached during our lifetimes. And if, and it, and if it does, it'll be because Curry made a change to the game. It's cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, he already has, I mean, you see it so much and, you know, every player that comes out, you know, it's, these 16, 17, 18 year old kids going to college, going to, you know, the NBA, getting to that level. It's all the best players are deep shooters, you know, like granted, that's not universal. There's definitely not a rule for that. Uh, Whatever, you know what I'm trying to say, but shooting has become so fucking huge because it's so effective and he's shown that it makes a huge difference. Right. And it makes a difference, not just for the individual. It, it is, it has, which I think the three point shot has, has felt like in some instances and in, in, in my understanding of basketball, but it really has changed the way that an offense can operate based on their ability to use the court. It, it's fascinating, but anyway, we'll leave it be. Uh, so again, there's still really like nothing going on in baseball. I've seen some tweets that maybe the lockout will end sooner than people think, but I don't really know what that means. So I'm just going to like not fucking care. Uh, But the NFL is going through it right now as there have been COVID outbreaks. Uh, The Browns are getting hit hard specifically, but there's also been reports that teams like the Rams and the Jets have opted to do uh, Zoom meetings, Zoom team meetings, instead of the in-person team meetings that they had been doing thus far to try to limit contact and, you know, try to uh, mitigate any potential spread if anybody was to end up testing positive at some point. Um, and it's kind of wild to see that too, because it, you know, it's the winter and, and all illnesses feel as though they ramp up in the, in the winter or, you know, it's almost winter, eat my balls. but. You know, with, with sports and how careful, oh, big old air quotes, we've seen a lot of stories breaking out about it, but with how many rules the NFL has put in place about what how you're supposed to act, how vaccination requirements, all that type of stuff, it is very interesting to see this many outbreaks and, and the repercussions for teams that even are uh, not experiencing outbreaks is try to mitigate any effects from them. So uh, it'll be really, really interesting to see what the Browns do. 
because as Corwin was just telling me, they seem like they're fucked. Yeah, they're 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 pretty much just their season might be over just because they can't be healthy. And listen, if you have twenty something guys who are all testing positive for COVID, let alone whether or not they can come back healthy, whether or not they can come back healthy and up to the standards that they were before they got sick. That might be a lot. They might be facing these repercussions for a long time throughout the rest of the season. And apparently, as of uh, about 40 minutes ago, it's not just the players. Uh, Kevin Stefanski has also tested positive for COVID, yeah. in addition to Baker Mayfield. Uh, the Washington football team is up to 18 players. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's fucking ugly. Pretty scary how quickly this just completely implodes. It's like it's extrapolating very quickly. Yeah, the spread is moving very, very fast. Uh, Apparently, nine players from the Rams have tested positive. Mm. Um. Yeah, there's more about the Browns, more Washington. A couple Chiefs players I'm seeing. Yeah, so they had 37 positive tests on Monday. It's Wednesday, and that number has already grown by a lot. And, you know, the NFL made some roster or uh, uh, schedule adjustments last season. We had talked about how it seemed as though they were specifically trying to fuck the Steelers. And we'll see if they end up having to do it again. Uh, it's, a, it's a little bit tougher, I think, now because we're already in, what, week 15? 14? I think so. Think so. We're deep into the season is the, is the point here. There's no the, – bye weeks are done. There's no more bye weeks. Every, uh, we're heading into week 14. Mm-hmm. Every, every team has played 13 games. Um, so you, you, you can't – just shuffle them around like that. And with a two week quarantine period for a lot of these players, you it's tough to see what they even do on that front. And, you know, the most reasonable solution on, on paper might be, or at least as a loose concept might be, well, oh, just push back to start a playoffs by two seasons, right to my two weeks. Then, but you know, that would mean then you have to renegotiate all of your television contracts. And I can't even imagine what that would look like. I would imagine they couldn't even do it. Yeah. That will never happen because too much money is involved. Way too much. And not even just their own money. You know, if they move the the Super Bowl back two weeks, which again, they can't do, but assuming in a world in which they, they could, there might very well be other contracts or other timelines for other programming releases, whether it's from the stations or other things, um, that were dependent upon the Super Bowl uh, movies that advertise their first ever trailers during the Super Bowl products that get advertised for their initial releases during the Super Bowl. It's a lot. It's a lot of money, a lot of money. That's not just NFL money, a lot of other people's money. And it's like, what the what the fuck do you do? Because, you know, you think the Browns, ah, it's the Browns. The Browns are in second place in their division right now. Only one game back. Like they're they're in the running. They don't hold a playoff spot yet, but they have they're, they're tied in record with the Buffalo Bills, who uh, 
occupy a playoff spot and with, with the, the uh, Colts who occupy a playoff spot. The Washington football team, yeah, it's the NFC East. Yeah, they blow. Washington football team holds a playoff spot right now. Like, the, the, the consequences for this are pretty fucking severe. And that's what makes this such a wild predicament for the NFL offices because if you, you know, if, if the Browns have to go out there without a full team, just calling guys up from the practice squad and fucking praying, and it ruins their season, what do you do? If you tell them not to play and they don't win any more games because they can't play games and they get passed in the standings and don't make the playoffs, what do you do? Same thing for Washington. Obviously, Washington isn't good, six and seven, but they hold a playoff spot, so who gives a fuck? Like, it is it is a very non-enviable position, which is one of the reasons Corn and I had talked many times about how stringent they needed to be on the COVID stuff and how both of us wish that they made a fucking example out of guys like Aaron Rodgers for lying about it, and they didn't. And now they're fucked. Oh, God, I'm just so sick of dealing with all this bullshit. This is be shit. Makes me not give a shit about them not giving a shit, but then that's just everyone being apathetic, and it's how we get to this point to begin with. Like, so, so what would your grand emperor of the NFL, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Uh, Steelers go undefeated this year in the Super Bowl. Oh, you're looking for a serious answer? I guess. I I mean, I don't think you can postpone the game. I just, there's no way to just rearrange that schedule if your team doesn't have 46 guys to field a, a team and you can't sign enough players to field a team and practice and get into game shape. That's it's just a canceled game. It won't count against records. It won't, you know, won't be a forfeiture in the same way that a typical forfeiture would be. It's not like, you know, as long, I should say, as it's not breaking COVID regulations to get us to this point. And it is just truly a man, this sucks, but it's, an infectious disease. We know this was possible. It's just a canceled game. If it ends up being, oh, these guys, you know, Odell's lying about getting his shots or Baker lied about getting his shots or these guys weren't wearing masks in the facility or the same shit that we saw last year. That's a forfeiture. You just lost that game. But otherwise, you just got to cancel it and move on. There's, We're at a point where we can't change anything. We don't have a 162-game schedule with days off built in that you can rearrange like baseball or basketball or even hockey. Like, There's 17 weeks. You get one bye week. You got one bye week or you get two now? If they did one, one bye week. Yeah. Um, and that's just the way it is. We don't have those kind of, the, that kind of time to, to make a difference. I, I want to try to think of some cool, elegant solution, some fancy workaround where they get to, it, it gets to work out really, really well. 
and I don't think it exists. Because again, this is not week four. Like I, I think it was when the the uh, Steelers Titans game was that that got all rearranged. It, it's it's week fourteen. I don't know where, and, and it's all, and it's not like hockey or basketball where you can just play back to backs. It's, that's not how it works. Like it sucks what the Bulls are going through right now because the Bulls are, are are also having a COVID outbreak. Um, uh, but guess what? They're less than halfway through the season, barely, but less than halfway through the season. And it's basketball. You can play some back-to-backs. Yeah, it sucks to have to play probably a decent number of back-to-backs, but you can play some fucking back-to-backs and you get over it. Yeah, you're not. There, the a fucking four-day turnaround is a big turnaround in, in the NFL. Like, and it's tough to even put full agency of, of having to deal with the decision-making on the teams because the, the, the enforcement has been rather staggered from the league office too. So, you know, part of me wants to, to say if I'm the commissioner, well, Browns, y'all didn't enforce the COVID regulations stringent enough. Your problem. Well, I mean, did the NFL do anything to fucking Rodgers outside of like a fine? I think. No, no. If you're going to find players for violating health and safety protocols that are there to prevent communicable diseases. And I, I know that's just I know it's Rodgers and this is not a back. It's not a Packers thing. My point being, in general, if you have a player who, who, who breaks COVID protocol to do anything and your response is a fine and not having to be away from the team. You're going to get players who go, ah, eh, fuck it, just a fine. I'll pay that and go do shit they shouldn't do, contract a communicable disease and bring it to the office with them because the only punishment was a fine. And they still get to be there. And the problem with communicable diseases is that they get spread when people are around. Like, it, it, it's, it's not going out past curfew. Where the punishment of being a fine, maybe that's enough because, you know, you still got to go to work. It's that you could get other people sick. That's the fucking point. And if you go out and do reckless shit and then still get to go to work the next day, potentially having now, you know, now being a carrier of an illness. You're introducing risk possibility for contracting an illness and spreading it around the office. Like that's the that's the point. We're two years into this shit. How how do they not get it? Anyway, so what do you do? I think you're right. I think you just have to cancel the games, which also sucks if you're an opponent to one of these teams. Like the Browns upcoming game this week is against the Raiders. And look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you the Raiders will win this game. Not at all. The Raiders are six and seven. They're not doing so hot. They've hit a skid too. They're not, they haven't been playing relatively well recently. But you take away the possibility for them to accumulate another win. And the Raiders are mm-hmm. like one and a half games out of a playoff spot right now. So that one win means a lot. You know, you, you, you look at the uh, Washington football team. Their next game is uh, against the Eagles. They're tied with the Eagles in the standings. The Eagles actually reasonably could win that game. And if they did, they would move ahead of Washington in the standings. 
So by canceling that game, you actually protect Washington. Like the, the, the consequences of this are wild. But I, I don't know what the NFL is supposed to do outside of cancel the games. I don't know. How much do you want to bet that their response is um, the team's fucked up, not our fault? Oh, yeah. I mean, as soon as you asked that, it was immediate jump to whatever the least amount of work and change that they have to do so that they can avoid the blame at all costs. Status quo. Yep, just push it, push it downhill. Nope, nope, Washington's problem. Ron Rivera did this. So I I mean I the only other option that they have really is to I guess do nothing. I guess that's also an option, just force the Browns to play as is and force Washington to play as is, force the Rams to play as is, and just uh cover their eyes, close their ears and uh, pretend like nothing's happening. Yeah. And then when people complain, you they just go, ah, you players, the whole you team. That's it. Yeah. You, you know, what? actually, that's players, what they're going to do. That's what they're going to do. Yep. They're going to do nothing. And uh, yep. you got to wonder if uh, things get worse because they don't do anything. And then people who are potentially sick touch other people because in football, touching a lot of dudes. way to do it full insertion well uh, yeah <laughs> yep so it'll be an interesting weekend in the nfl um in other local news there's been a lot of talk about what's happening with joe judge of the giants uh apparently there is a lot of trust or at least a lot of complacency within the mara family uh, in that they want to keep judge around. They have faith in him. Um, I, I guess. It, so if there is to be someone that, that gets picked between Jones or judge or both getting the ax, the, it looks as though judge is getting the team. He is going to stay with them. Uh, even though I would say his seat is quite hot. It appears as though it's safe. Uh, Gettleman, different story. We'll find out. Um, but what, what I've been hearing from, those better informed is that it looks like judges is, is going to stay in New York with the giants. Um, what do you think about that? Oh man. I just, I don't really care. Cause I just have so little hope in the giants doing something right. I mean, Gettleman being out would be so fucking great for that team. I mean, he's just done nothing but just, Forced them into the gutter since he got uh, signed. I don't really know enough about Joe Judge to really have a strong opinion about him. I just, I genuinely don't. Um, but I imagine whatever decision they make will be the wrong one, unless they make some pretty drastic changes to the front office, which I doubt will happen because it never does. Yeah, it's an it's an interesting position that the Giants find themselves in, which is uh, everything sucks, and why are you here? Um, that's the position that they're in. Their front mm-hmm. office is bad, um, and that means that they've drafted bad players, which means they have a bad roster, which means they're not playing well. And so, you know, the question then becomes, well, what has to change? 
And when a team's not playing well, it's pretty easy to point to the coach. Oftentimes, especially with the NFL, changing of coaches isn't the worst idea. But the Giants have gone through how many coaches in the last four seasons? Is it is there is it three coaches in four seasons now with the Giants? Some wacky shit like that. Uh, I don't know. Like it, it's been a lot of coaches. Is is the point? Um, a lot, a lot of coaches. And at some point, you you know, Corn and I have said changing up coaches can be can be good. Um, at some point, changing coaches too frequently also maybe isn't the right idea, especially if your roster is fucking the slop, which this roster is slop. And so, if you believe in Judge and don't believe in your GM and don't believe in the roster, then okay, maybe that's what you do. Maybe you replace Gettleman and see if a, a, a new GM can have a stellar draft and a better eye for free agents and judge has the talent to coach them up. Maybe Daniel Jones is the problem and he gets worse after you move on from him because judge was making him better than he appeared the whole time. It's tough to make those types of decisions. Um, I don't know if I would keep who I would keep or not. I don't really give a fuck about Joe judge, but it's an, it's interesting when a bad team retains their coach, especially a guy who's been there for, a couple seasons now, like Sal is safe. Like it's his first year. The roster's garbage. First year rookie quarterback. Like I, that one's easy. That one's a no brainer. You keep that guy. You give him. You give him a real chance. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. So that means that means we should keep Urban Meyer, right? Wait, the Jacks. Yeah, no, the Jacks keep him forever. Don't you just want to? He's a first round pick machine. First overall pick machine. Why wouldn't you keep that guy? That's raw talent. Why be good when you can always have the first overall pick? I don't. I don't understand. So, anyhow, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, it'll it'll be. You gotta wonder how how long the thread the leash is with Judge after maybe like one to two more seasons because I can't imagine it's very, but. Yeah, as it stands right now, uh, the the Jets pick fourth in the draft, and the Giants own picks five and six, and then the Jets pick seventh. So picks four through seven are straight New York. The Giants having back to backs there, and uh, if I'm telling, if you're gonna change your GM, yeah, that's a pretty good draft to change your GM during. That was the time. Yeah, back to back picks at five and six. You're getting a quarterback. Like, like if, if you if you want to really shake shit up, new GM, new QB, this is the draft to do it. But mm-hmm. it's the Giants, so I'm sure they'll keep Gettleman and keep Danny Dimes and draft like two strong safeties in a row for no reason. <laughs> Listen, if you hire a new GM, new head coach, keep Daniel Jones through the rest of his contract. This is not a good year for QBs. Wait until next year. Let the coach, you know, figure out this team, figure out the needs, work on building up the rest of the roster, which is not great. And then, hey, go get yourself a QB next year. Go for it. I'd be all for it. Give it a shot. It's not a full-court plan. None of these ever are. Nothing ever is. But, hey, it's, it'd be a good thing to try out now rather than find out after you have two top five picks to, that you 
that you needed to make that change. Honestly, I, I wouldn't give Dane Dimes another year. I don't care if it's a weak QB class. I would rather draft another quarterback if I was, uh, if I was a Giants fan. Daniel Jones is, is not going to be good. Keep. I don't, but that's the thing. I don't, I don't care if he's, I, I don't want to have to punt on them. If I, if, if I'm a Giants fan, I don't want to have to punt on another season to potentially wait for a stronger quarterback class to, you know, yeah. whatever. Like if, 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 if we're going to be bad again next year, I'd rather we be bad again, trying out a new quarterback and moving on from the, the, the known quantity that is bad quarterback, Daniel Jones, because then if we're if we're bad again, fucking just draft another quarterback. Who gives a shit? Just draft another quarterback. If this if whoever you draft next year fucking sucks or you don't have actual faith in because they're not good. Well, who cares? Um, whereas wait another year with Daniel Jones where you you can't evaluate your wide receivers because they're not getting good passes. You can't evaluate your running backs because Daniel Jones is holding on to the ball too long or not effective with his reads you, you, or they're being asked to do so much because Daniel Jones sucks balls. Can't evaluate your offensive line because he holds on to the ball too long and has poor ball security. Like it, it's an, it, the, and that's part of the reason why the Giants are in such a fucked position. Like they've done this to themselves. There, there's no clean answer. Corwin can be right. And I can be right. And no one can be right because the Giants have fucked themselves so that's hard. Yeah, Dave Gelman needs to go. That's the only certain thing. But, yeah. We'll see. So, it'll be make for an interesting Sunday or Monday episode when we find out what the NFL is going to do. Again, if anything, but without any other real news going on right now outside of the COVID outbreaks and, um, you know, the Jets sucking. Like, there's nothing else really going on. So, we'll probably wrap it up here. Corbin, you got anything else? Hell no. All right. Well, if you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at Juice and Pod. If like to hit up Corwin on Twitter, you can do so at Corwin Heller. If you follow myself on Twitter, you can do so at Joshua D. Tracy. If you'd like to send emails to the show, you can do so at juiceinthenumbers at gmail.com. And until Monday, y'all have a good one. Bye.